It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. And if you're looking for a place to make online wagers, why not head over to betonline.ag? Use promo code PODCAST1. You get a 50% sign-up bonus when you do so. Betonline.ag. They are your online sportsbook experts. He is Joe Dolan. He's an absolute rock star. He's the reason why you come to the Fantasy Feast. Did an unbelievable job this season. Should be followed on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. He agrees with me. There really is no offseason when it comes to fantasy football. I mean, if you really want to beat your buddies, if you really want to get bragging rights, you really want to win in DFS, you need to be constantly sharpening your skills and improving, whether it's roster construction or whatever, learning of ways to improve. It's the little things, you guys know this, the little details that make the difference. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Now I'm trying to stay under 250 pounds. Happy Valentine's Day, by the way. I said this on today's Ross Tucker football podcast, on which, by the way, Greg Cosell was unreal. I mean, his comparisons for Joe Burrow, Tua Tungo-Vailoa, and Justin Herbert were absolutely amazing. Highly encourage you to listen to today's Ross Tucker football podcast. But I said this on the RTFP. I'll say it here. Valentine's Day, dudes, make a big deal about it. It's special. You should. Make make the Valentines in your life, whoever they are, feel special. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Embrace love. Embrace everything that goes into it. Life's too short. There you go. Anyway, I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook is Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. We, that's me and Brian, my producer, at RTF Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, greatly appreciate those of you that either spread the word via social media, by the retweets or the likes on Instagram and Facebook. Those little likes, those little Facebook likes or uh, Twitter retweets, they go a long way. So it's much appreciated when you do that, as do when you rate and review the show makes a big difference. We really, really appreciate it. Speaking of making a big difference and speaking of Valentine's day, listen up. The fantasy feast is brought to you by manscaped. What is manscaped? Manscaped is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Yes. I've told you this before. I'll say it again. I'm not proud of it, but I think it's probably pretty common. I've had multiple incidents, nicking incidents, in my prior manscaping career. Then I found out about manscaped.com, and 
I found out about the lawnmower 3.0. It's a game changer. You literally just trim anything you want. No nicks, no anything. Just booms lawnmower. It is awesome. It you'll feel better down there. You won't sweat as much down there. You will look more impressive down there. There's a lot to like about manscaping with the lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FEAST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FEAST. M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Like all of our sponsors, you can see it over on the Sponsors tab at RossTucker.com. Stay sexy this Valentine's Day and Manscaped. Well, as promised, very excited about today's guest. He is Joseph Robert, the fantasy football counselor. www.thefantasyfootballcounselor.com Absolutely Check him out all over social, especially Instagram, 154,000 followers at Fantasy Football Counselor. Joe, that's amazing. How long have you been working on that account and growing it? I got to say every single day since August 2015. So I've got this down (laughs) down to an art here, just science with uh, Instagram. Well, I might need to talk to you offline because I Instagram's like my worst one. I got into it late and I don't really know what I'm doing. So maybe my fantasy question will be some Instagram tips. Definitely. Um, I'm, I can help you out. But again, the algorithm changes and I was one of the first adapters. It gets harder and harder to build on a platform the older it gets. So I could still share a few tips on uh, basically some hashtag advice and stuff like that. Love it, Joe. Um, Highly encouraged, by the way, for you guys to check me out. I was on Joe's show earlier in the week. Again, it's at thefantasyfootballcounselor.com. We talked about running backs really from an offensive line perspective. Joe hit me up on a bunch, and then I I went from there. You know, Joe, I I might go with Joseph Robert for you. Is that cool? That's cool. All right, because we got a Joe Dolan and a Joseph Robert or the counselor or whatever. And what we're doing is we're talking about lessons learned from the 2019 season that everybody needs to remember, write down, take notes, and have top of mind going into next year when you're drafting. Now is when you separate the men from the boys from a fantasy football perspective and so I'm going to hit you up, Joe. You and I were texting Joseph Robert, the counselor, and not Joe Dolan, the goofball. And uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love Joe Dolan. Uh, but you <laughs> I and I appreciate were, it, Ross. <laughs> everybody knows how much I love Joe Dolan. So anyway, uh, you and I were texting just about some of the lessons you learned. One of one. One of them is to wait on wide receivers, which is interesting. Tell us why. Well, listen, the whole strategy this year was going robust RB. And as you see, guys, there's more and more committees coming out every single year. And the coaches keep using this uh, running back by committee strategy, which we as fantasy owners absolutely hate. So my whole strategy this year was kind of wait and get maybe Kenny Galladay. And he was going around. His ADP was in the fourth round. 
So that's what I did. I got Galladay, went with a couple of wide receivers later on, guys like Cortland Sutton. And it turns out they did well. Now, if you look at some of the guys that were drafted in the first round, guys like Devontae Adams finished 22nd in PPR amongst wide receivers. And you see guys like Odell, who I warned you about three years in a row with Odell. Be careful. Uh, and I, I, go, I know injuries play a part of this and stuff like that, but sometimes I just feel it's, well, most of the time, actually, I feel that it's very important to go robust RB early on, which we'll talk about, I guess, later. That's another point I want to get on. But yeah, definitely wait on wide receiver. There's a ton of depth at wide receiver, and there's just way more, way more value, like way more volume at wide receiver. More, more of them to go around. Uh, hi, Joe. It's Joe. How are you doing? Hi. Nice to meet. <laughs> nice to meet you on here. <laughs> I, I'm sure you're well aware, just like me, whenever you're in a public place, being named Joe is not the best thing in the world. Like you, you, you hear your name getting yelled from 14 different directions, and most of the time, it's nobody who is uh, trying to talk to you. But um, right. I want to kind of follow up on what what you were just saying because I think it's interesting. And we, what one thing we don't want to do here when we're when we're falling into fantasy analysis and lessons learned and all that. We definitely don't want to fall into the gambler's fallacy. And the gambler's fallacy, of course, being that, well, if tails has come up five times in a row, that means heads is due. We don't we don't want to fall into that because although things even out over time, that doesn't necessarily predict anything for one outcome. But I did right. notice this season, and, and this goes back to your, your robust running back uh, kind of uh, approach. This was – this is my 11th year in the fantasy industry, and this was the single worst year in my opinion, and I think this is pretty much verifiable. This was the single worst year for running backs off the waiver wire. Like if you look at the top uh, 30 PPR running back finishers, the first one who really didn't have an ADP or really didn't have an ADP that was registrable on that list in total points is Raheem Moster all the way down at RB26. My question right. to you is, do you think that's a trend that's going to continue going forward where these running backs who come off the waiver wire really aren't as aren't as available as, they, as they've been in years past? And if that isn't the case, do you think that might uh, maybe hurt your strategy a little bit? Yeah, I mean, there's always running backs emerging. One of the strategies I've always implemented is go on and get those rookie running backs that could break out. Now, I've hit and I've, I've swung and I've missed a few times, but I usually get it pretty much every year. I struck out on Ronald Jones last year. This year, um, David Montgomery, I kind of went higher on his ADP. You always have to be looking for these guys to break out. So I have a strategy called the Cuddy system, and it's called consistency, upside, durability, depth, and youth. I try to draft players that fit that criteria. You know, Are, are they consistent from years before? Do they have upside? How young are they? So it's just a formula, and you got to balance your roster with these players. So, yeah, I mean, guys like Raheem Mostert could start getting sniped a little bit earlier in drafts, and maybe that strategy of me trying to get these sleepers and these potential breakouts could get a little bit messed up with people becoming more consciously aware of this process. But yeah, I mean, there's no guarantee that the top five finishers from this year are going to finish top five again. That's kind of what I've always kind of lived on. I never caught, like, you know, the mainstream, kind of the consensus, they always say copy and paste. That's one thing I'm, I'm against. And uh, yeah, I mean, Raheem Mostert could be popping up every single year. Another thought you had, Joseph Robert, the counselor, the fantasy football counselor, that's what people want to go check out anyway. So the fantasy football counselor is to that there's no copy and past copy and paste rankings that things change meaning just because of how guys finished last year the people that go into next year thinking like 
those should be the rankings are misguided. And I agree with that. Well, this is what I've kind of been changing the game, essentially. I'm I'm very hard-headed. I'm stubborn. And I've been kind of a bit of the outlier for this because I've been trying to set new trends, right? And the thing that I always get harped on is like, well, how could you put that guy so high in your ADP? How could you? You're crazy. How is Odell out of your top 10? You're nuts, counselor. Screw you. Get out of here. And I'm getting a lot of heat from the industry, but I don't care because I'm a trendsetter and I have the lion mentality. And I go in there and I'm a little aggressive, but the thing is sometimes I'm, I win or lose, but I always balance my roster out. At the, end of the, at the end of the day, I win. I win a lot of my leagues. Like I don't win them all. No one's perfect. A lot of this stuff is subjective, but I do a lot of winning. So again, it's just this mentality. This like It's kind of an old school mentality. It's like, okay, these are the top finishers. Okay, now we got to draft them again in the top 10 again because they finished on top. It never works out like that. And I'm just trying to get the industry to switch their mindset and be a little more open-minded and not be so strict and so like, I got to draft Odell in the first round or I got to draft this guy because he finished first. So that's kind of one one thing I'm getting a lot of resistance from, from, from fans in the industries because I'm really trying to set this new trend that you got to keep an open mind. Well, you really want, Joe, to to focus on these uh, robust RBs, keeping an open mind. And I think one of the players who the industry was keeping an open mind on this past season was David Johnson. And, you know, he he was hurt. The offense was terrible in 2018 um, under Steve Wilkes and Mike McCoy and whoever the hell else they had calling plays there. Byron Leftwich was there. And I think a lot of people gave him the benefit of the doubt. They said, hey, look, bad offense. We know what he can do. Um, Cliff Kingsbury's coming in. They're going to have a rookie quarterback. They're going to improve all across the board. And then David Johnson did end up being one of the biggest busts in fantasy football. My question to you is, did he fit the quote-unquote robust RB um, uh, uh, strategy that you have? Because he certainly fit mine. I thought he was going to I thought he was going to break out or or re-break out in the new offense and he ended up really hurting me. Um how do you how do you avoid potential landmines like that and was David Johnson a landmine that you really ran into? Yeah, I mean, I kind of admit when I'm wrong. I, I try to hold myself accountable for everything I say and this was a guy I actually had first overall. And this is what I'm getting a lot of heat from from my fans. And they really came down on me hard this year. And I'll take it. You know, David Johnson was a guy. I mean, 2016, amazing year. PPR, I think he had 20 overall touchdowns. I met him at his house. He was endorsing one of my brands years ago when I came up with a frame prior to me podcasting. It was like a fantasy league prize. I kind of got rid of that brand. But yeah, I met him. He's got amazing work ethic. He's dealt with haters in t- his entire life. He's overcome that adversity. I mean, just a typical all-American athlete. He's phenomenal. And uh, I thought he would come out and have a great year. So I was drafting him because he was because I was doing a lot. I do a lot of mock drafts. And he was always coming off at least in around fifth to six, right? So I kept, if I was going second or third or fourth, I was always grabbing David Johnson. I was comboing him with Derrick Henry. I was one of the guys that had David, uh, Derrick Henry higher than a lot of people because I saw a lot of the offseason stuff and I saw his desperation. He had to win, right? He had to do something this year. So I was comboing him with him, uh, David Johnson, and I was going Derrick Henry, and I was comboing with, with like a Josh Jacobs in the third. So I always have myself backed up. But yeah, I I fell in the trap with David Johnson. And I got to say, this was completely unforeseeable. And you can see me getting angry here because I'm extremely passionate about fantasy football. And when I see a workhorse running back, 
like David Johnson get benched for, and I know he looked a little sluggish sometimes. I get it. But he was just basically pushed to the side and said, hey, let's bring in Kenny and Drake, a guy who's had years to wow us and we weren't wowed by him in Miami. Let's bring him in and start him over our starter. I've never seen anything like this that I can remember. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I will say this. You know, I saw a run counselor against the Bucks, where I, I was very concerned for David. I'm a big right. fan of his. I've talked to him multiple times. I also, any FCS guy that becomes a star, I root for. I also, and I know Joe Dolan feels the same way, we root for running backs to get paid because we just know how hard the position is, how hard it is to get paid. It is interesting to note that today Steve Keim said we will not Cutting David Johnson is not an option uh, because of the dead money and what it would do to their cap. So I'll be curious to see what happens there. I will say this, though. In my experience, new regimes, new coaching staffs really don't care about what the guy did before. And that's why I think Kingsbury was willing to move on to Kenyon Drake as quickly as as he did. He just doesn't they, – they don't have really any loyalty. And you said earlier in the show, live by robust running back. And I, and I wanted you to expand upon that as to what you mean by that. I think there's just a lot of volatility at that position. And this is the position where with quarterbacks, you know, kind of what you see for the most part is what you get. You've seen guys with consistent numbers throughout the years, guys putting up those numbers, and you see that every single year, the trends. With running backs, there's a lot more injuries, a lot of more volatility, uh, committees happen, and you're not getting that consistency. I mean, you get it with a couple players, but it's very volatile, and I always want to get myself backed up. I'm obsessed with getting a running back that's going to get volume. I look at that. So when I go in that, into my data here and I have this little analytics tool I use, I look at attempts. I want, I'm want. i obsessed with volume. So as soon as I get a running back who's got a, a touchdown that's hoarded from him, I will throw stuff at my TV if my fantasy team is on the line. So I want to make sure I combo it with like get that top five workhorse running backs and then I get a guy like a Derrick Henry for this past year. I'm using an example. A guy that could bring, who's kind of in the league experienced and they could have that upside ceiling. And then I always get myself two or three rookies that are in a position to succeed. This past year, a guy like Josh Jacobs. And then get a like, I like to have three to five running backs on my team because I want to optimize that position, my RB1, RB2 position with a guy that's going to get the full volume. That is something that I'm very, very, you know, particular about in my fantasy team. Well, Joseph, you just mentioned also you don't want to copy and paste the, the leaderboards from the previous year. I feel like that's self-evident, but still I think a lot of people do fall into that trap. So if you're looking at these quote-unquote robust RBs and you're, you're going to look at Christian McCaffrey and you're going to look at Saquon Barkley and you're going to look at Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook and the guys who finished towards the top of the board this year – but in order to really be successful in 2020, you need to find the guys who are the next robust RBs. And I know we're just sitting here in February, and there is plenty of time to break this down. But best right. ball drafts are starting up already. Who are the guys who are already in the league that you think could be taking that step towards becoming the first-round picks of the future? I love that question. There's a couple guys that I'm looking at right now. I've got my list here in front of me. That's a great question. I'm going to name some names here, and you guys could pay, uh, weigh in here. Now, 
these guys, again, it's total hit or miss, but I think you're going to get them for value and you combo them in the robust RB strategy. But I'm looking here, I'm seeing um, if he gets the volume, if he, that's a huge, huge if, is uh, Miles Sanders. I think Sanders has that upside. He came alive near the end of the season. We can elaborate on this if you want. Uh, David Montgomery, if Nagy pulls his head out of his ass and says, hey, man, this guy is going to be my three down, uh, you know, workhorse running back. They improved the O-line as me and uh, Ross were talking about. I think his O-line needs to get improved, you know, scrap Tariq Cohen. I, I don't I know a lot of people like him. The guy can't even catch a ball. He's supposed to be a pass catching running back. Catch a damn ball. You know, David Montgomery's your guy. Believe in him. Uh, Josh Jacobs, another guy. I know he did well this year, but I think he could definitely step up this upcoming season. Other guys, I mean, Devin Singletary, we got to see. I don't know if he's fits the prototypical running back position to be that workhorse running back, but if they believe with, in him, that's another guy. Uh, if Damian Williams, not a guy I was not high on this past year, he could step up this season again if they believe in him and make him that three-down uh, running back. Eckler, another guy in a position if Melvin sh gets shipped off. Eckler, if he is the main guy there and they don't bring anyone else else in so those are a couple names maybe even drake as well but any one of these guys could be a top four running back next year and top allow five. me to follow up potentially here um damian sure. williams i think ross and i are probably going to be talking about him all off season because the fascinating thing about damian williams was if you were down on him in 2019 and it sounds like you were yes you it kind of paid off however Towards the end of the season, he was back to being the league winner. He was at the end of 2018. So what I see from Damian Williams is really interesting because we are asking the same exact questions about him heading into 2020 that we were asking heading into 2019 because he's somebody who had a fantastic close to the season. He had a great playoff run, but he didn't put it together for the whole season. And now, and, and this is the question I have for you. Do you think the Chiefs are just not sold on him at all? Or are they going to come into 2020 and say, you know what? We made a mistake going out and signing LaShawn McCoy. We should have rolled with this guy from the start. He's so fascinating because the analysis, in my opinion, is exactly the same as it was last year. I'm not sold on Damian Williams being the full true horse uh, workhorse running back. He sucked in Miami, and I think that's basically because he was on Miami. He never got the opportunity, and it was Miami. A lot of running backs didn't do well there in the past couple of years. But one thing that turns me off about him is he, he doesn't really run up the middle. He doesn't get a lot of rushing yards. That's what He gets a little pitcher to the outside, runs to the outside, catches a few balls, and he's showing a little bit of sign of injury here. Can he handle a full workload? And again, all I have a saying, I may have said this before, but years to wow me and I'm not wowed. He had like, four, again, four years or three to four years, did nothing, comes in now, and I think he's a product, again, of that offense. Ross and I were talking about this. I think it's the offense that's making him as good as he is. And that's, I think, what it is. And I think they definitely need to add depth at that position. Uh, Darwin Thompson was a guy I thought would have got more opportunity. He didn't. I know he's a little small. Maybe the pass protection sucks there. But, yeah, I'm not sold on him again. But I, the ceiling is there. If he's the main guy, they don't bring anyone else in. They say, we're, we're buying into you. There's definitely a ceiling there. But, again, very one-dimensional. I don't, like, just to the outside pitch, and that's all I'm seeing out of him. I'm not excited. You know what I'm not excited about? What's Joseph that? Robert. People that don't wear nice underwear, which is why I have Joe Dolan tell everybody about legitimate underwear almost every chance I get here on the Fantasy Feast. Joe? Ross, you're 100% you're right because when it comes to comfort down below, there's underwear 
And then there's Tommy John, the revolutionary clothing brand that's redefined comfort for Americans everywhere, including me. And I know my mom listens to the podcast, so I'm going to apologize to her right now. But, Mom, I have Tommy John on right now. (laughs) To put it simply, Tommy John doesn't give an F. Matter of fact, guys, they give three Fs. Fabric, fit, and function. Tommy John obsesses over every little detail and stitch by using proprietary fabrics that perform like nothing you have ever worn before. And as a result, Tommy John's men's and women's underwear sport a no-wedgie guarantee. Comfortable, stay-put waistbands and a range of fabrics that are luxuriously soft, feather-light, moisture wicking. I I never thought I'd get paid to say the word moisture wicking, but I am right now. Breathable and designed to move with you, not against you. That means there is no bunching up and no riding up. Tommy John is so confident in their underwear that if you don't love your first pair, you can get a full refund with the best pair you'll ever wear or it's free. Guarantee. That's a poem. It's Valentine's Day when we're recording this. Best pair you'll ever wear or it's free. Guarantee. If you prefer to shop in stores, you can find them in over 1,200 retail locations across the country, including Nordstrom stores nationwide. Tommy John, no adjustment needed. Give three Fs, that's fabric, fit, and function, about your underwear and upgrade with Tommy John today. Hurry to TommyJohn.com slash feast for 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash feast for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash feast. Yeah, and speaking of feast, I want to feast on your next lesson, fantasy football counselor Joseph Robert, and that is to wait on quarterback. Now, we all know this. We all say this. We all hear this all the time. I guess my question is, if you're in a league with a bunch of people that know what they're doing and everybody's waiting, when is it value to get Mahomes or Deshaun Watson or I know Lamar Jackson's probably his own animal? Right. Okay, so I want to make this clear on this waiting on the quarterback. Now, you don't want to wait too long. One thing that I've always lived by is anchoring. It's kind of a saying I kind of say in my 16-round draft solution is you got to anchor your team with an ace quarterback. And as we said before, you know, with quarterbacks, the trends are a little easier to spot. You can kind of see, you know, a couple years before that, this guy did well this year, this year, that year. So I like to anchor my team with a quarterback. How fast can I get that quarterback? That's something I get a feel from during, during mock drafts. Now, I want to clarify, you can wait, but all I'm saying is do not overpay. Now, I did not pay for Pat Mahomes in the third round. I was too busy drafting my third running back at that point. So you got to find that sweet spot to get that ace quarterback, but get him at the right time without overpaying. Ideally, I like to get my quarterback in and around the fifth round, and I'm still going to get myself and anchor myself with a guy that's going to perform like a Russell Wilson, a guy that I can get that's going to put me up around you know, 20 points every game, almost guaranteed. I hate volatile quarterbacks. I hate guys that give me like five points one game and 40 the next. I'm trying to find the, the most consistent guy, a quarterback I can plug in each week. And one more rule of thumb I want to add here. In a two-quarterback league, always try to get a third quarterback on the bench because I've been screwed in two-quarterback leagues because if you're starting two quarterbacks and your quarterback gets injured, there's no other quarterback to get. And in a one-quarterback league, always get a backup quarterback. Another thing that I've lived by to cover myself, if not, not only if the for bye weeks, but if the quarterback that you have that you drafted in the fifth round doesn't perform. So that, there's a there's a whole lot of knowledge I just kind of shout out to you guys on my strategy for quarterbacks. 
Well, here's here's another question that 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 people are going to have. People are going to say, look, Lamar Jackson, I, I won my fantasy championship because of him. Why shouldn't I draft him in the first or the second round? Well, you always have to go back to pointing out to people that, well, yeah, Lamar Jackson, obviously, first and foremost, he was the NFL MVP, not trying to take anything away from him. He he put up massive numbers. But the point is he was available in the eighth, ninth and tenth rounds of fantasy football drafts. So if he helped you win championships, well, by extension, so did the players that you picked earlier where maybe uh, you would have picked Lamar Jackson in 2020. So the question now becomes, much like the running back question that I asked you, which quarterbacks who may be disappointed or haven't broken out yet in 2019 are going to be available in the 8th, ninth, and 10th rounds, like Lamar Jackson was in 2019, like Patrick Mahomes was in 2018, who might jump to the top of that board in 2020? Another great question here, and we're, we could talk about Lamar Jackson and why I think he may decline this season. Number one, he had a Cinderella year, and I just would not invest. I think he's going to go in the first or second round, but that's a side tangent here. To answer your question, there's a couple quarterbacks that could emerge and really start shining and get to the top five, top ten. And I know Kyler Murray's ADP is going to be a little bit higher this year because we see the outside, but Kyler's a guy. Another guy could be uh, Daniel Jones. Gardner Minshew. But again, a lot of this is predicated on these guys getting weapons around them. I'm really high on Josh Allen going into the season. I think he needs a good receiver. But also, you got to look at some of the rookie quarterbacks coming in. Now, I'm not excited about rookie quarterbacks coming in, but if they're put into the right situation, maybe there could be a rookie quarterback I got to look at. But I don't decide that till after the draft, how, the, you know, how everything kind of falls into place and the, how the depth charts settle. But again, just to answer that question, it could be... That's a tough one. Maybe Daniel Jones, if that O-line's improved. But right now, I'm not too excited about anybody. I'm still anchoring myself with a ace quarterback and maybe getting a Jones later on. I like it. All right. The last one we have for you is coaches. Now, I, I think one of them's probably Kingsbury because you're not happy about the David Johnson thing. I get it. Any other coaches that you dislike so much that it would affect your draft status of certain players? Oh, man. I just – I had a lot of stock in David Johnson and David Montgomery, so this may be a little bit biased towards my players, but Nagy and Kingsbury are not people I want to see on the street. I have a, I have a word to say to, to those two guys. I tell them to pull their head out of their asses. Again, David Johnson, I just think he's he's that top five running back. He's got that talent. He's built like a prototypical running back. He catches, he runs. Yes, he's not as explosive as Drake, and I get it, and I get that you know, Kingsbury wants to make that offense his. He wants to, you know, filter out all the guys that weren't part of his system. And I get it, but it just sucks, man, what he did to David Johnson. Again, no respect, no integrity there. It really pissed me off. And then Nagy as well, bringing in Cohen on second down and just doing some crazy plays where they could have ran the ball and just not because, again, Montgomery can catch the ball. He can he can catch the ball better than than Tariq Cohen. He's built better than Tariq Cohen. He can break tackles better than Tariq Cohen. He can run up the middle better than Tariq Cohen. Than Tariq Cohen. Then why aren't you playing your better running back? It's un, it's like having a Lamborghini in your in your parking lot and you're driving the you know the, the the old Chevy. I mean, come on, man, pull your head out of your ass. So those are two coaches that need a piece of my mind for fantasy. 
<laughs> one more thing uh, that, that I yeah. should go on the flip side to get to get your uh, blood pressure down before we end the show. Yeah. <laughs> who are yeah. some who are some of the coaches? We know about Sean Payton, Andy Reid, but who are some of the coaches that you actually like investing in for fantasy? Maybe some guys who aren't as obvious. You know what? When it comes to coaches, yeah, I do like Reed and stuff like that, but you know, I don't really care about coaches. All I care about is fantasy production, and that's the bottom line. Now, I do appreciate what Garrett did with Zeke, and I and just to kind of put this a su- summary on this is I like coaches that believe in their workhorse running backs that give that opportunity. I believe I see the talent. I believe in them and I'm not going to put in some guy who's underperformed for years ahead of my starter. I like the guys again, Garrett did a good job with Zeke. He's a good example of that. Uh, I mean, let's go with that. Let's go with that. I think as my favorite coach. I like it. I like it. Jason Garrett, Princeton guy. There you go. Joseph Robert. All right, you want to check out his show, Fantasy Football Counselor. You want to check him out on Instagram because he's going to tell me how to get some more Instagram people. Where are you from, by the way, Joe? I'm actually from the Northeast, I usually say. So I've actually born and raised in the Toronto area, but I usually hang out in the Buffalo, New York area. So that's pretty much uh, my location. So I hover between Buffalo area and uh, Toronto. Yeah, I could tell you uh I could tell you were Canadian, so that's why I was asking. When you said northeast, I was gonna say like Nova Scotia. <laughs> like how how far northeast. Listen, oh, the man. highlight of this entire um meeting here, this entire uh podcast was those Tommy those Tommy underwears. The Tommy, Tommy, John Tommy Johns from uh Joe Dolan. And they're comfortable. And guess what? That's, that's, that's thing. It stuck in your head. It stuck in your head. You you are going to right now buy some Tommy John underwear. There you I'm go. I'm going right now, and it's Valentine's Day, so my wife's going to love them. I, you know what? The no wedgie. I'm that. That's it. That's all you had to say. I'm sold. Because you know how funny I look walking around sometimes with the underwears I currently have. I'm switching over right now. Excellent, excellent work, Joe. Both Joes, I should say. That was fantastic. Just what we wanted today. Just what we'll do a lot of. This offseason already have an awesome guest, or maybe it's two guests, lined up for next week. Make sure, like I said, you check out the Even Money podcast this week and the Ross Tucker football podcast. Other than that, we should be back next week on our normal Thursday edition of the Fantasy Feast. Have a great Valentine's Day. Have a great weekend. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. You know what, Bri? We're not done. I changed my mind. We're not done. There is one more thing I wanted to say, and that is that BetOnline.ag is awesome. So if you want to get into the XFL Bet on the XFL this weekend. Go ahead to betonline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1. You get a 50% welcome bonus when you do it. You can bet on the NBA All-Star Game festivities. I think it's kind of fun, actually, to bet on like the three-point contest or the dunk contest. You can also go ahead and bet on the NBA All-Star Game himself or the XFL. You know, every team's played a game now. You kind of know what they're about. You have a better feel for it. Just make sure when you do it, you do it at betonline.ag. 
and you use the promo code podcast one. So you get the 50% welcome bonus. That is the key, my friends.